This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome, good morning, good afternoon. If you are not here listening now, you forgot to change your clocks. So uh, I would imagine if you are, you're, you're, uh, you, you didn't forget, which is a good thing. Um, here live with Dr. Jeff Werber for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff. We're here for you. We're here for your pets. We are here to solve your pet problems, to pick my brain, what's left of it. And uh, we're looking forward to hearing from you. We have a new platform here, and that is Zoom. So if you go on to Pet Life Radio and in the, uh, you scroll to Ask the Vest with Dr. Jeff, you scroll down and you will see a, um, it's a link left to you by Mark, our producer. Click on that and you can join us here live. It's really, really cool. In fact, I kind of like it even better than the Google Hangouts that we used to have. And what's so nice about it is it's not just one-on-one. We can have 10, 15 people, anybody, any number of calling us. You'll be live on camera. Um, hopefully you'll have your pets with you. And I've said this time and time again, as I've already gotten three calls this morning on AirVet, my platform, my telemedicine platform, it's a great way to communicate. You get to the, the veterinarian, in this case, me, I could see your pet. We can talk. It's like, it's almost like you're in the room with me in an exam room. And it's a much better way to um, communicate and get used to it because it's becoming more and more popular. There are a number of platforms out there. Uh, you should uh, check us out on AirVet. We have a uh, five-star rating, and uh, it's a great platform. But this is the future of communication because there are a lot of problems that you can talk to your veterinarian about. The veterinarian does not necessarily have to have a hands-on. Of course, there are many times that they're going to have a, have a hands-on, but it's a great way. You can also call us the old-fashioned way, and Mark can send me a note because we can't patch the phones through so we have to, if you want to talk to us, come on live, just go onto the website, you'll click on the Zoom link and you can join us. But 877-385-8882 is another way to get a hold of us. And I will have the message sent to me and then online live, we can ask or answer your question as well. So a couple of things. It's interesting. My very first subject that was in the, uh, both the American Vet Med Association News and the American Animal Hospital Association News is... Corona. So I decided the second half of the show, after our break, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about coronavirus and pets. So in the meantime, we're going to skip that one. We're going to go straight to the second one. And this is very interesting. Roughly 75% of dogs exhibit some form of anxiety behavior, whether it's noise anxiety, what we call a noise phobia, whether it's aggression, when they're like leash aggression, something with on a, when you're walking your dog with other dogs and they're on leash, and yet when they're not on leash, they're doing great, vice versa. Separation anxiety, that's a big one. Yeah, I'm sure many of you know I adopted a new dog just because I, I really needed a fourth dog or a fifth dog. And um, so, and to go along with my five cats, my bed is too small. I have a California king. I, I need a bigger one. So anyway, this dog is great. First of all, she was very snappy, scared, you know, whatless. You could not get near her. It took me an hour just to get her to trust me a little bit. Anyway, long story short, turns out she belonged to not a person. She had a microchip. She belonged to a rescue group. The rescue group sent to um, a foster. The first night in the foster, this little dog got out, and she's adorable. And, um, and she got out, and she was gone for 29 days running the streets of Los Angeles, being chased by cars and coyotes, and you couldn't get near her because she was so afraid. Anyway, P.S., she finally let me hold her, and we sort of started to a little bonding. 
I couldn't let her go back to the rescue. I couldn't let her go to another foster because she is escape artist. And I've already learned that she escaped. You know, those, those big metal crates. I mean, the, the, the good ones, she chewed up. She actually broke some of the spokes and what a disaster. She is so, has such separation anxiety. Anyway, but she's not house trained yet. So we're trying to confine her, but she doesn't want to be confined. She doesn't want to be left alone. She loves the other dogs. They love her. She gets along great. Anyway, so I know about separation anxiety and this poor dog suffers from it. Um, working on it. Uh, last night, she only had one little accident on a wee-wee pad. Oh, it's good. But, uh, oh, she cuddles a bed. She's adorable. So um, I'm gonna at the break. I'm gonna um, find a picture of her. I'm gonna I'm gonna show it to you because she's really cute. So they think that these traits are carried within the DNA, so they're hereditable. That means they could be passed on, which is why certain breeds seem to have more problems than others. So they do believe there is a genetic component. Oh, they, speaking of Corona, this one I meant to do not give yourself the cattle coronavirus vaccine. Okay, uh, believe it or not. Because it's available, you know, a lot of large animal vaccines are available in feed stores. People say, oh my God, it's a corona vaccine. I, I know, I'm going to give it to myself. Not a good idea. First of all, it's a different strain. It will be not be protective. It actually could cause more harm than good. So it's a different kind of coronavirus. That's just a class of viruses. We're going to talk about this. So don't think that it's going to help you. So my recommendation, as is every other medical person, don't give yourself a cattle coronavirus vaccine. This is really cool that there was a dog named Chief, a police dog in Washington State, Washington State University. This dog, poor dog, I mean, this is terrible, in the line of duty, was shot. And the bullet went through his eye, okay, and cracked his jaw and fortunately missed the brain and shattered his jawbone. So anyway, uh, good news is they were able to patch him back together. Of course, he lost the eye at Washington State University, and he is going home on Wednesday. That's how I feel good. So his name is Chief. Hats off to Chief doing, you know, it's amazing what these dogs can do. I, I was at, just came back from a conference. I was in Washington, D.C., and there was a lot of security because it was a political action type of uh, conference. And um, I saw a beautiful Labrador. I, I posted the picture on Instagram. It was really cute. So uh, anyway, I took a picture with him, her actually, and uh, her name was Koi, C-O-I, not K-O-I like the fish. So it's very cute because these dogs are typically so well-trained. And they always, you know, they have their vests on, do not pet. You know, they're in the line of duty. So I went up to the, the, the officer and asked, I said, he looked like she was on a break. I said, do you mind? Some of it are there. And I always like to take pictures with, uh, with working dogs and just dogs I see on the street. I have a whole thing I, I post on my Instagram. And um, he said, oh, no, absolutely sure. So this dog was so adorable. But it's amazing because I've been, I, was, I don't know if I told the story yet, but I was at an airport once and um, I'm walking with my backpack. And I had to, as I walk into the actual you know, airport itself, the, the terminal, I see a beautiful Malinois, Belgian Malinois dog, a police dog with the officer and walking around. He's on a leash and you could tell, I don't know whether it was explosives or drugs, whatever it was, but, and she was clearly working. And I just took note of how cute she was. I go to this kiosk, I get my little ticket. Now I'm walking towards the gate. And now this cop with his dog is, is walking towards me. And again, my inclination, of course, is I want to bend down and say hi, but I know she's working inside. So as I pass her, I'm like two steps. So she should say a U-turn and starts following me. I'm thinking to myself, uh-oh, what is in my bag that I don't know about that she picked up? And now I'm kind of embarrassed at the same time. So I stop, I turn around, and she literally sniffs me. She jumps up on my shoulder. She's a big dog, and she starts licking my face. Well, the cop walks up. You have dogs. I said, well, actually, I have a lot of dogs and I'm a veterinarian. He goes, she knows it. So 
you know, I guess that's there's certain things they just can't not do. And uh, so she must have picked up a scent. And, you know, don't kid yourselves. When you live with pets in your household, I don't care how many times you wash, how many times you send clothing to dry cleaners, you will not get, the, you'll get the smell out for us, but not for a dog. So uh, with their, you know, 200,000 olfactory receptors, I mean, 200 million, you'd have a tough time uh, getting the, um, the smells out of anything. So, but uh, anyway, that was... Um, Chief, hats off to Chief. I'm glad you're doing fine. This is cute. Copycat, also known as Cece. All right. The first successfully cloned cat just died. Uh, this is back. Wait a second. She was born, and I have the date here, December 22nd, 2001. She just died. She was 18 years old. Right. And um, that's you know, kind of amazing. Actually, um, a little, yeah, just 18, a little over. No, no, 18 years. She turned 18 on December 22nd. And she died recently of kidney failure. And like most cats, when you hit that age, you're going to go from kidney failure. But the fact that she lived to 18 and she was 100% cloned, I think that was, uh, that's really cool. And, and she actually, she's a female, and she had a litter when she was five, three kittens. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Minnesota, hats off to Minnesota. Congratulations, Minnesota. The next state considering a ban on the sale of commercially bred puppies and kittens. It didn't say in the article whether they would allow, like many of those stores that do this, allow for rescue dogs. I think that's a great idea because people don't always know to go to a rescue. And they don't have contacts with the rescue. Unless they, their veterinarian works with the rescue or they don't know how to search online, they may not know about rescues, but they know about pet stores. You can go to a pet store anyway. You're going to buy supplies. So I think that would be really cool for pet stores. They work with rescues. It almost like typically what do rescues now do? They go on the weekend, they go to a park and they have, they set up a booth and they, they give an opportunity for people to look at their dogs and, and fill out the application, et cetera. So why not do it every day and work with a closely with a pet shop who works with a particular couple of rescue groups and is continuously getting dogs in and you still got to fill out the paperwork. You got to make sure you get the home inspection, all these things that the rescue groups like to do. But at least that way, there's a more of an opportunity. But the fact that they are now another state, the list is getting longer, which is great, is going to finally ban these puppy mills from breeding just terrible breeding practices, terrible care. And the reason, interestingly, of course, pet shop owners are against it because they want to sell pets. And that's part of the income. But there was a quote from another pet store owner that said, you know what, she stopped selling puppies a long time ago. Why? Because such a high percentage of them were sick and they had to get treatment and they had to pay for the treatment. And then they ended up dying anyway. It was, yeah, yeah. If, you, if everything is perfect and you can sell them and you're not having a problem with them, then yeah, you, may, you might make some money. But it was costing her more than she was making to treat them. And then he ended up dying anyway. It's not worth it. So um, I'm, I'm sort of happy that this is happening. Down in the Texas panhandle. I don't know how many of you are there, but because of Hurricane Harvey. Now, I remember back with Katrina in New Orleans, uh, way back, we started getting a lot of these dogs were uh, you know on the streets and they were shipping them out to rescues and to shelters that had room. Many of them came to Los Angeles. And I work with a number of rescues. So, so we were, of course, testing these animals. I think 90%, 90% of these dogs were heartburn positive. Now, mind you, where I work in California, there are, we don't see heartworm. I mean, rarely. Uh, occasionally I see it. I think I had one case of heartworm disease in a dog that never left Los Angeles, actually a, a native to LA. And that one, the owners lived near in the Hollywood Hills, not too far from a mortuary, a cemetery called Forest Lawn. It's huge. And as soon as the Heartworm Society, who came out to evaluate the area, saw that, they go, oh, there's the answer. What's the answer? They went, this is really gross, guys. They went to Forest Lawn and they picked up some headstones. And underneath were literally thousands 
of eggs and uh, mosquito larvae. Why? Because as you know, the grass in these cemeteries, especially the high-end ones, is always lush and green and beautiful, and they're watering it like nonstop. And so that moisture accumulates in the dirt, and underneath these headstones, it's the perfect environment for these mosquitoes to lay eggs. So uh, typically, it is thought that in California, we will have a problem, in at least Southern California, but right now, it's still not a big deal. So not every, I mean, most dogs don't. If they want to get heart room testing, we'll test them. Negative, 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 negative. We just don't see that much of it. Now, I tell my clients that if you're going to travel into a heart room endemic area, like anywhere in the Southeast or um, just the South in general or in the Northeast during spring and summer, you absolutely want to put your dogs on preventive. So um, Texas Panhandle, because of getting a lot of dogs from Hurricane Harvey, they are seeing a huge spike in heartworm disease. So if you live anywhere near that area, be careful, speak to your veterinarian, get a heartworm test. And if it's negative, start preventive. It's cheap. It is protective. It is a very smart thing to do. You do not want to hesitate. This is also, you guys, I'm sure you you see on the internet, this picture of a person holding this huge cat. Well, this is a 30 pound cat, became a social media star. But now, yeah, it's cute. And it's great for social media, but it's not great for the cat. And certainly, this cat's got to lose weight. So they actually started a weight loss program. Uh, just reducing the diet wasn't doing it. So they're, they're doing some other things, whatever it is. He's already lost a couple of pounds, but he's got to get I mean, 30 pounds, that's a big cat. I mean, my biggest cat was 22. I, one of my cats now is 18. And, that's, and he's a big, I mean, look, he's big bones. He's a big cat. He's cuddly. I'm not worried about his health. But, but still, 30, that's frightening. So, um, and speaking of big cats, in the Hollywood Hills, someone caught a, not caught, they saw a, an African serval cat roaming around. Now, probably this cat got out of someone's home. They are not really legal to have it. They still consider it a, a wild or an exotic animal, but you know, that doesn't stop people. It's not the kind of cat you want to go up to and say, hey, kitty, kitty, kitty. And uh, that, that would not be recommended. They saw it. So I don't know if it was caught yet. It was just a, a quick little blurb. Anyway, that's it for our first half. So we're going to come back. We're going to talk about what is all over the news. That's COVID-19, the coronavirus affecting many, many, many people. And we're going to talk about it and how it relates to our pets. Don't go My dog, Mojo, was half beagle and half coonhound. He ate everything in sight. He would swallow things whole, including a chicken carcass, a bird nest with a bird in it, and assorted stones and sticks. We had to take him to the veterinary emergency room. After surgery, Mojo had skin issues. He was constantly itching and scratching, chewing on his feet, and chewing the hair right off of his legs, being irritated, lethargic, and just not the same dog. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. When we put him on the Dynavite, he took right to it. All of these symptoms disappeared. Dynavite is nutrition. If you want the dog to be healthy, you got to feed it something healthy. Something that he actually likes to eat. You need to put him on Dynavite. Dynavite for life. If you love your dog, you don't just want him healthy, you want him to be happy. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. 
And welcome back. You're here again live with Dr. Jeff Werber here, your host on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And uh, first of all, if you want to get a hold of us, join us here on Zoom. This is really cool. I want to say, I'd love to see your, your, your faces. I'd like to see whoever's listening with your pets and answer any questions you may have. As I said, this is the wave. Uh, get used to some tele. This is a form of telemedicine, exactly. Um, you can also be old fashioned, 877 385 8882. But I prefer to uh, see you live here on the show. First of all, I did find a picture of my new little girl. Can you see that? She is so adorable and she gets along with the other dogs. It's great. I just got to work on that separation anxiety and the house training. It's killing me. So uh, COVID-19, uh, you're, I'm hearing everything. You know, it's interesting. If you talk to the medical doctors, in fact, one of my very good friends is a, an infectious disease specialist, and there is a lot of panic going on out there. You know, and I, I guess it's because of misinformation. Certainly, and most everyone agrees as far as the experts, be smart. If you, you know, can, if you, first of all, if you are on any kind of medication, if you're immunosuppressed, if you are sick yourself, don't go out into public. That's, that's clear. Wash your hands frequently. Use some sort of, if you can find it, like things like, you know, the Purell and all that stuff, it should be at least 60% alcohol. And you no, know, it is hard to find. So if you find some, buy some extra and, you know, keep your hands clean. Do not touch your faces. We know that. And it's interesting because if you touch a surface, the virus can live on a surface and then you're inadvertently touching it. Don't wash your hands. Well, and then you went, you go scratch your face, you blow your nose, you itch your eyes. That's how it is introduced. If someone sneezes and you are within six feet, that's a possibility. So interesting, they say the masks that you see people wearing are more just to stop you from touching your nose and your mouth than it is to actually stop the particles because they don't travel very far. But you know, how about your dogs? So you don't know this, but you've heard of FIP, feline infectious peritonitis that affects cats. That is a coronavirus. All right. The coronavirus where there's a vaccine for that affects dogs, is like a 24-hour stomach flu. And most of us, I would say many of us, I don't know about, you know, but I would say most of the veterinarians that I know do not vaccinate it or recommend a vaccine because again, vaccines are not without risk. And you don't want to necessarily vaccinate against something that isn't really much of a risk. Dog gets diarrhea for you know 24 hours and then they're they're done. Then that was coronavirus. There are different strains that these are not what they're terming the COVID 19. So don't even think that that vaccine will help you. However, there's a lot of research being done. There is a research institute I think out of Israel that is very 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 close by starting with the they're mutating the chicken coronavirus. They can make it identical in what they call antigenicity to COVID-19. And they feel that they'll be done with the next couple of weeks. And then they just have to get it tested, which could take up to 90 days. But that is going to be one of the first vaccines available on the market to protect against this coronavirus. But we see a lot of panic. We see schools being closed. I just got, we just got a, a note. I saw that a local school in our area is going to be closed down. One of my good friends is in self-quarantine. He acts fine. He's fine. There's no evidence, but he did come in contact with somebody who was ultimately tested positive. So he has to be on in home quarantine. But you know, it's all about information. I heard something, and this is to kind of give you an idea of how panicked Americans are and how misinformed. Corona beer sales have dropped 38 percent. Now I heard there was a commercial. They were thinking about a commercial. They're willing to pay 30 million dollars to the World Health Organization to rename this virus the Bud Light virus because if sales are going to go down <laughs> because of the name of the beer, I mean, that is frightening to me. That is so scary to me. 
which is why we're having so much panic because people are that misinformed. So the story with our dogs, they do carry, they can get coronavirus. The only thing, there is a dog, one dog tested, they're following closely is in China, is a weak positive. It belongs to a family that, that uh, I think some one or two members of the family did have coronavirus, again, survived, and they are just following this dog. So the current thought is a dog is not going to get COVID-19 clinically. They probably can carry it. So they can become a host and carry the virus. So then if, if they are affected and then you touch them, they won't get sick. But then you touch them and their saliva, whatever gets on you, and then you touch your face, your mouth, any kind of mucus, mucal surface, then you can get the virus that way. So don't get rid of your dogs. Don't panic. If you don't have it, nobody on that house has it. Your dogs don't have it. And it's just a matter of being safe. You know, just a couple of facts. And this is this coming from one of my colleagues who I tell you is infectious disease. We are in panic mode here. There are over 100 people that die every single day from car crashes. How many of you have stopped driving because of that? Secondly, the good old fashioned flu has already killed, oh, I, way like overall deaths, over 300,000. And the so far, the coronavirus, the death toll is it worldwide is like 3,000. So yet we still go outside. We're, we're not panicked about the, the influenza virus. And that has killed more people. So if you are healthy, it's just a matter of being smart, common sense. Just be careful. If, if your dogs are, I wouldn't let them go out and about and play with other people. Dog, maybe you want to hold back because they can be a carrier. But the chances of you getting it through your dog are even less than you getting it from someone else. Now, they do say pregnant women and um, people that are immunosuppressed, people that are on medication, there's elderly that are ill, the very young. That's where you want to take extra precaution. So what I've been doing for myself is I'm not panicked. I am washing my hands more. Oh, and this is really cute. I heard this one. To get your kids to wash their hands, at my 20 seconds, they say, at least 20 second washing. So how do you time 20 seconds? Well, have them go through the ABCs twice as they're washing their hands. And, um, and if they don't know the ABCs yet, you better teach your kids the ABCs. But uh, no, so that, that is also a way that you get them, and it's fun way to get them to wash their hands and uh, stay clean. You know, if, if you're going to go out someplace where you're not sure and you want to wear a mask, look, other people are doing it. But I've already been on a couple of flights back and forth, and I just think be smart. Be smart. Be protective, but don't panic. All right, that's all we have time for today here at Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best Dr. Jeff. I want to hear from you. If you have questions, you can get a hold of me, first of all, a number of ways, Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. You can uh, get a hold of me. You should all um, follow me on Instagram, Facebook, etc. Uh, I post a lot of pictures of really cute pets, and I'm doing a video today very similar to what we just did. I'm going to talk a little bit about, um, about coronavirus and our pets. And even our large animals like cows that get coronavirus and don't use the vaccine. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a function. Um, uh, I want to answer your questions. I want to be there with you. And I'd love to have you join us here using Zoom every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. in the West, noon in the East, and, of course, Mountain Time Standard, Central Time, anything in between. Um, so be here to join us. If you have questions, if you want to send them to me in advance, uh, please do at drjeff at petliferadio.com. We will answer them live on the air uh, on that following Sunday. So um, 
Have a great week, everybody. Uh, I hope, obviously, if you're here listening, you remember to uh, change your clocks. And uh, out here in the West, it's a beautiful day. So uh, we will see you all here next week. Same time, same channel here, Pet Life Radio and Zoom. See you. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.